Welcome to It's Lit Time with Dr. Tess. I'm Tess Martinez. I'm an English teacher. And on this podcast, we talk about anything that has a storyline from epic film trilogies to picture books. This is the show where literature gets lit. Welcome to It's Lit Time with Dr. Tess. I am here with a repeat guest, my husband, Jordan Martinez. Hello. Um, we did an episode a few months ago about board games, and I would still love to do a, another board game episode someday, but we decided today to talk about um, The Lord of the Rings. Um, the Lord of the Rings, uh, first of all, well, we'll, we'll get into this, um, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about how Lord of the Rings is just a great entry point for um, not only fantasy stories of other kinds, but I think just stories, like a lot of people, so many people who love stories, especially stories that you can get immersed in, um, will tell you a story about how um, pretty early in their life they got into the Lord of the Rings, whether the books or the movies. Not everyone. I mean, there are definitely some notable exceptions of people that just don't get what the hype is about Lord of the Rings, and that's okay. I respect that. Um, But I think for many people, at least in our circles, um, the Lord of the Rings has been really a formative experience. Um, A special place in our hearts. Right. So that's part of the reason why we wanted to talk about this um, on a podcast about stories. Um, Of course, many of you probably know as well, the Amazon Prime uh, series. um, uh, It's not Amazon Prime. Whatever. Yeah. The Amazon series Rings of Power is going to be coming out this fall. And on YouTube, there's a lot of talk right now. A lot of it is negative. A lot of it is, I mean, I think a lot of it is, is clickbait, to be honest, because I think a lot of people are trying to um, just get their two cents in about it because there's really not a lot we know yet. Uh, I will say uh, I'm going to put in a plug for a YouTuber that I that I appreciate. Um, Nerd of the Rings is the name of his channel, and he's not done a really good job not only um, uh, explaining uh, Middle Earth lore over the past several years, um, in a really clear and accessible way. But also, I think he's got a pretty balanced view about the new series. And he's actually at San Diego Comic-Con right now, where I think we're going to get a lot more information about the new series. So Jordan and I just thought this would be a great time to to talk about Lord of the Rings, since it's kind of buzzy again. Did you have something you want to say about that? Well, I feel like there's a lot of high expectations that the mm. series will be held to, yeah. because of the fact that so many people have a special place in their hearts for the Lord of the Rings. Yes, to be to be sure. Yes. All right, so we're calling today's episode What is a Hobbit? Um, because for a couple reasons. Um, I think, one, I love Hobbits, and uh, I'll talk more about that later, but I think even though this episode is not solely about Hobbits, we will probably um, be saying quite a bit about Hobbits. Um, but also, I just thought that question, what is a Hobbit, would, would be appropriate because... Um, as many of you may have heard before, or maybe you haven't, maybe you have no idea what we're talking about. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of The Lord of the Rings, um, had come up with the mythology of Middle-earth like like when he was a very young man. Um, but the idea of, of using hobbits as kind of a window and a vehicle and characters that we would understand um, and identify with, that didn't come along until later. And he was grading some papers and he just had the sentence in his head and he wrote it down and the sentence was in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. And he said, you know, I had no idea what a hobbit was or why that sentence was in my head, but I decided I would try to find out what a hobbit was and why he was living in a hole in the ground. And of course the rest is history. So we thought it would be fun to, uh, to call that, to call this episode um, by that name. What is a hobbit? So um, let's start with talking about uh, how each of us, uh, 
got interested in Lord of the Rings. Would you tell your story first, Jordan? Sure. So I don't remember the exact order of events here, but I definitely remember where the first copies were that I picked up, which is in my middle school library on a little half shelf that was about the size of at my height at the time, probably my, my chest, maybe even my waist. It was, it was a small shelf, but it had a whole bunch of good books on it. And I either saw the books and was interested and picked them up, or I had heard my mom talk about them, and because she was she greatly enjoyed The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, so I don't remember whether it was her encouragement or me just seeing them, but those were definitely the the first epic fantasy books that I had read, and since then there has been too many to count. Um, I at one point got then after reading through them completely was gifted a set of. Uh, cloth-bound hardcovers, which were very big and very heavy, and yet I still managed to fit them into my backpack whenever taking flights down to visit my grandparents in Arizona. Uh, took them in classrooms, and so I was carrying them around in my backpack at school. And that led to then, you know, going to the midnight premieres for the, for the movies, uh, several marathon days of watching the movies since then including and, one with me most recently since we've been yeah. married we've already marathon the lord of the rings yeah uh, reading through <laughs> the silmarillion several times which is the uh effectively the kind of the encyclopedia of lord of the rings with of the history of the world building details that kind of led to where the lord of the rings picks up i always call it the old testament of middle earth because it feels like reading the old testament I that. <laughs> and just that brings me to the lord of the rings being one of my happy places whether it's the books the movies uh, video games, board games, painting miniatures, um, artwork. Yeah. 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 So it really has been kind of a, a gateway for you into, um, into epic fantasy, like oh, you said. Certainly. And I think two other, not just maybe epic fantasy, but well, we could have a whole argument on how you define epic, but I think a lot of the things I can point to that I know that you're interested in, um are they may not be in the exact same genre as the lord of the rings but i'm sure that the lord of the rings um was i guess what opened your mind to even being interested in those things right um definitely helped encourage it yeah i'm, I'm just looking right now so jordan is wearing a harry potter t-shirt and i'm wearing a star wars teacher t-shirt which is funny i would feel like that would normally be opposite for us but um anyway those are stories that we both like and and there are certainly um I mean, we're not the first people to have said this. Uh, both of the creator, the creators of both of those series, owe a huge debt to Tolkien and Lo the Lord of the Rings, even though the settings may be widely different. So, um, anyway, I just wanted to point that out since you can't actually see see us yeah. recording. So, yeah. What about your history? Yeah. So, I, actually, this is funny. Um, my my mother also uh, was the one who encouraged me to read the Lord of the Rings, but she had never actually read it herself. Um, she had tried. Um, this is a funny little bit of family history. My dad actually played Bilbo Baggins in a high school production of The Hobbit. Um, shout out to Todd Stockslager, who has been a guest on this on this podcast. He he did the Charles Dickens episode with me, and yeah, he played Bilbo in high school. And I think my dad has a lot of Bilbo like qualities and I mean that in a good way but um anyway uh so um you know he had always been interested in Lord of the Rings but um I think mom said she had tried to read 
the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit several times and just couldn't get into them. But when I was homeschooled for a period of time during middle school years, she put the Lord of the Rings, not the Hobbit, on a, a, a list of books that she wanted me to read. And I don't think I got to them till like the summer after my eighth grade year, but I was really interested in them. So I actually didn't read The Hobbit first. Um, I know a lot of people read The Hobbit first because both chronologically and also in kind of writing style, it's it's more of, you probably should read it first, um, but I didn't. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, I, I got into The Lord of the Rings. I checked them out of the library. I remember I was going to go stay with my grandparents for like two weeks and I had to take my copy of The Return of the King back to the library. So I returned it and then I checked it out again like up at my grandparents' library and found the exact spot that I had been in and just picked up reading from there. Um, and, and was really, 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 I think by the time I got to Return of the King was totally invested in the story and very, um, I don't know the word that I'm looking for right now. I guess I just mean I would never go back. <laughs> and, and then, so a few years later, I think I was in a junior in high school when they started um, advertising the movies and yeah, they came out December of my junior year. The first one did. And I remember being so geeked about those those trailers. And you had Aragorn going, wait, that wasn't Aragorn. Who, who was the one that said, is it secret? Is it safe? That was Gandalf. Sorry. Sorry. Well, no, Aragorn said, are you frightened yet? Not nearly frightened enough. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I truly am a fan. I just don't have the movies memorized minute for minute like Jordan does. Um, no, I'm just kidding. He doesn't. But anyway, yeah, we were all excited. My my, and then we finally got my mom to 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 go see them, and to I think she did eventually read the books and everything. So yeah, it's an important part of my family's life, important part of my life. I wrote a little like two page Lord of the Rings fan fiction when I was in high school, um, and uh, yeah, and 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 like Jordan, I went on to read the Silmarillion, and I I read a lot of like the Book of Lost Tales and a lot of the like backstory stuff and a lot of the stuff that was published after after Tolkien's death based on his notes that his son Christopher um, compiled and a lot of it I don't remember anymore in fact when I've been watching the Nerd of the Rings YouTube channel there's a lot of stuff that I'm like wow like I don't remember any of this like I, I can no longer call myself on any level uh, an expert on Lord of the Rings um, but I'm still it still holds a very special place in my heart and uh, like Jordan said and uh so I do have high expectations for for the Amazon series because I know that there's such great source material. So just hope I'm not devastated. Um, anyway, <laughs> so that's that's my story. Oh, and I did dress up like Frodo um, for one of the the movie premieres. So there you go. <laughs> um, all right. So I we want to talk. So yeah, in this episode we're not attempting to do any kind of you know. Uh, expertise kind of like explanation of like, here's everything you need to know about Lord of the Rings. Cause we're not really qualified to do that. And we don't have time to do that. Um, I think we're going to just focus on why it's so special to us. And I think we're going to eventually be focusing a lot on our favorite characters and why they're our favorite characters. So um, the next thing I want to talk about with you, Jordan, actually, why don't we just get into the characters? Cause I feel like that's going to branch off into a lot of other conversations. So why don't we, uh, Jordan's got like seven characters written down here as his favorite characters. Um, why don't, cause the, I would say that it is, it really is. And, and several of these characters on here, especially, why don't we save this character for last? Cause okay. hands down my favorite. Um, but, but some of these others on here as well are, are among my favorites. So why don't we, um, why don't you just talk about your list here? Yeah. So 
the two characters that stand out to me a lot um, for various reasons uh, that I don't think Tessa has completely on her list would be uh, Gimli and Faramir. Faramir uh, would be on my list, yeah. Well, I think you managed to pick one. I did, so, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, trying to pick, trying to pick a a favorite character for me is it's hard because there's so many different characters that have so much depth and importance and um, character growth over the course of the books that it's just it was it was hard and I had to really think and I was like all right so you know I can get down to about you know seven eight if you count one group of characters as one so <laughs> the Faramir uh, to me stands out especially in the book um, even more so than in, in the movie because he's he's given a lot of his character qualities are actually taken from him in in the movies with mm -hmm. the fact that um, they show him bringing then the ring to his father, Denethor. Well, he was starting to, he and starting then he changed to, his correct. mind. He yeah, yeah. He, they bring him back. They bring right. him back around, but mm -hmm. he he had that uh, small flawed moment. And not saying that he was perfect in the books, but he he was a an honorable man who was treated extremely poorly by his father. Mm -hmm. um, cast off almost mm -hmm. and not considered worth anything and yet he still was giving his everything to help defend his homeland mm -hmm. um, to the point that he was you know out on the borders um, trying to help hold uh, hold everything yeah I want to say something about that because I think Faramir is a really good illustration and, and especially what you said about the kind of dissonance between the the book and the movie um I think that's a really good it's not massive it's right. But but I think that that shows something that I was going to talk about anyway, which is, you know, in, a, in the modern world, when we read a novel or, or consume any kind of story, we put a lot of emphasis on character development and characters seeming to be human and characters changing and struggling and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if you go back to like the ancient world or even the medieval world, there was a lot more emphasis on having characters who were either pretty much totally good or totally evil and were meant to um, kind of give us something either to emulate like an ideal or to give us something to avoid. Uh, that's a little bit of an oversimplification, but I think that's largely true. And Lord of the Rings is kind of weird because Tolkien, even though he was a, a modern man, whether he liked that or not, he kind of, he, 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 he taught medieval and ancient literature. He, he really kind of had his foot in an older um, world. And I think that in the Lord of the Rings, you see some of both. You do, like you said, you do see characters change and grow, but you also see a lot of characters who don't really change and grow. They're pretty static, but that's okay. That doesn't mean they're bad characters. It just means like they're there to give us an ideal to live up to. Um, and I really think that in the book, Faramir is meant to be an ideal for us to live up to. He is an honorable man who makes the right decision. It doesn't mean he's perfect, but he, he, we don't need to see him struggling. Do you know what I mean? Um, but in the movie, I think Peter Jackson was probably thinking like, well, we don't want him to be too good to be true. So we got to show him struggling. I, 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 that's, that's my guess anyway. And so I, I think I want to come back to that idea later of the characters in Lord of the Rings being, giving us an ideal, like a moral ideal, because I think that that's important. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out with Faramir. So, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Circling back then to Gimli, mm. um, I think 
a lot of that stems from then going back into the Hobbit and being exposed to the dwarf there. And then with some of the artwork uh, from by Alan Lee that were in my copies, just kind of seeing that the architecture of the dwarves being fascinated by that, seeing all these, you know, all, being introduced all the all these dwarves in the Hobbit, and then seeing a a true dive into just one in the Lord of the Rings. Um, that I, there was something there that I just that I liked, and then then coupled with uh, the depiction of Gimli in the movies, um, there's just he's so likable. <laughs> okay. um, and there's there's humor, there's seriousness, there's it stands that well, and, and that that then fed into then into in college my introduction to the Dungeons and Dragons. One of my first characters was was a dwarf, partially because I think of the Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. because it was like, wait, I could be like this. I could be Gimli. <laughs> and I might have had to be tossed at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, I I think what I like about Gimli is that he's totally committed. Like he's he's extremely loyal and um, he might grumble about stuff, but like he's he's there, he's, he's always by your side, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, um, what does he say to Aragorn? Oh, we're coming with you, laddie. <laughs> you know. Um, so, and I, I want to say for the viewer or for the viewers, for the listeners, because you're not viewers, you can't see Jordan. Um, Jordan is is about six feet tall, so he's not a dwarf, but he does have a big beard and is kind of a stocky man, and he's he's very gentle, but I could still see him like wielding an axe. I could totally picture that. He always tells me he wants to do axe axe throwing. So you know, I think I think there's something there. All right, who's next? So then we get to the hobbits mm -hmm. themselves, and as a group, the hobbits have to be touched on because the thing that stands out for me there is, um, or at least the, the hobbits in the Fellowship and Bilbo, the the courage that they have because mm -hmm. they're the size of children. Yes, dealing with, and I know they have adult minds, but like dealing with very adult problems, very mm -hmm. big person problems, when their whole culture is focused around English garden life. Yeah. And so they have big shoes. <laughs> they don't wear that, shoes. That is, I know. That's, that's I know. Just in case anybody shoes. doesn't know, hobbits don't wear shoes. So that's a, that's but funny. They, they still very big <laughs> yeah. footprints. Um, and they, they do more than I think anybody in the, in that world would have thought possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Consistently. I agree. So yeah, I love hobbits and I, we're still going to save, I think my favorite hobbit for last. And I know Jordan has something he wants to say about that person as well. Uh, we're keeping it very secret, um, but <laughs> we're keeping it safe. <laughs> but um, no, just about hobbits. I wanted to say that um, I was reading, I, I re I've been reading a lot of Tolkien books lately, partly in preparation for this um, podcast. Um, but um, he said, J.R. Tolkien is quoted as saying that the, the hobbits are meant to be the, um, like the prototypical, like English, re average English man, like, you know, not royalty, not an intellectual, just like a guy living in the country, you know? And the reason why he made them small is to represent kind of like the smallness of their 
experience in their life. And that sounds kind of like an insult, but I don't think that he meant it that way. It was just that they, like Jordan said, like they, most hobbits have never left the borders of their country and they have like really rich, meaningful lives, but they are, um, there's a lot of room for their lives and their minds and their experience to be expanded. Um, and that is what I think makes them great. Um, what do you, you want to say like gateway care, like I, every man characters, like for the reader to identify with, we don't know anything about middle earth. And for a person who lives in middle earth, you know, Bilbo doesn't know very much about middle earth either. I mean, he's done a little, you know, he knows a little bit about elves and stuff like that. Right. Exactly. That's a good word for it. Yeah. So, um, they're great. Kind of like, you know, Harry Potter being a wizard, but not having grown up in wizarding society, we get to learn all about it through his eyes because he's learning all about it. Same thing with the hobbits. Um, I think, and I think that's why they're such, such, excuse me, such great characters. And just a side note here, I said I wasn't going to talk much about the new TV series, but um, I've heard some people complaining a little bit about how much in the trailers they seem to be focusing on the quote unquote Harfoots, who are kind of like the proto hobbits. And I know people are sort of grumbling about it because they're either just tired of hobbits or, you know, it's true that there, there's no hobbits mentioned in the second age. Like this is a total uh, invention of, of the, the show creators. But I, I think they're there for a very good reason, which is that the creators know that audiences are used to identifying with hobbits. They're so easy to identify with um, that I think actually I think they're smart for including hobbit like characters in this new series. But it remains to be seen how big of a role they'll play. But anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, go on with your list. <laughs> or do you have anything else to say? Well, those are my, I think, with much deliberation, those are my top two favorites. Okay. And then, okay. well, there's, and then The Hobbit as a whole being a third. Sure. Um, just out of those top three is Eowyn, Aragorn, and, and Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Um, Eowyn and, falls in love with Faramir. I love, I actually really love their story. Yeah. Um, but the, the exemplification <laughs> of courage that Eowyn shows the deserving king that Aragorn becomes and Gandalf depicted as both in I think both the books and the movies as as a kind soul Mm -hmm. and then uh, leading to one of my favorite phrases from uh, the youth from the movies which is a a wizard is never late he arrives precisely when he needs to nor is he early yeah nor is he early What does that have to do with him being a kind soul? Nothing. Oh, okay. You just like that line. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're funny. I like you. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we, so I guess that brings us to the character that we've been like being all hush hush about the entire time. But if you even you know who I am, then you know. you know that my favorite Lord of the Rings character and one of my favorite literary characters of all time is shut up (laughs) is Samwise Gamgee um and so and 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 Sam was was called out specifically on Jordan's list as well so we're we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about Sam here um first of all I I just want to say I I loved Sam when I read the book books um but I really 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 love how um how uh Sean Astin portrayed him in the movies and I mean it's he's easy to make fun of there's so much like sincerity and earnestness there. And I know some people could complain about, you know, he's not actually British and all this kind of stuff. But I just think that it was a brilliant casting choice because Sean Astin just appears to be, and, and I've heard him speak as himself. We, we, we heard him talk at a, at, on a Goonies panel at a con last year. He, he just seems so, uh, 
sincere and and like he's for real and and you know he I just thought that there were many lines that he delivered in Lord of the Rings that any other actor delivering those lines would have been ridiculous or or would have seemed cynical or something. But Sean Astin just has this just kind of, I, I can't think of another word than sincere, but just this very sincere part about him. So anyway, I, I, I really love him as Sam. So anyway, um, Jordan is cheesing at me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's talk about what, why we love Sam. Do you, I mean, you, what did you have written down there? Oh, you want me to go first? Okay, sure. Well, I guess going back to that idea of, of the characters being people that we can look up to and emulate. I mean, you have Frodo who struggles a lot. Frodo is definitely more, I would say, more of a modern type of character in that he, I mean, yeah, he's he, he does the right thing. You know, he chooses to be the ring bearer, even though he doesn't really want to be. And, um, or he says yes to being the ring bearer. I mean, right. I guess he doesn't choose it. Right, right. Um, what, you want, you want I to will say? make it. I will take the ring to Mordor. Um, so, <laughs> and until the very end, of course, when he's, sorry, this is a huge spoiler. This book has been out for many, many decades. Um, he he chooses not to destroy the ring. And then it takes Gollum coming and trying to, and biting his finger off and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, Frodo definitely struggles. Sam doesn't really struggle that much. He's pretty much there. He's loyal. He's a faithful friend. Um he does have this one moment where he thinks about what would it be like if I took the ring? Cause he briefly, very briefly is a ring bearer when Frodo's incapacitated. Um, and he thinks about like, what if I took over middle earth and I turned the entire thing into a garden? I mean, how sweet, right? But still it would have corrupted him because the ring can corrupt anyone. Um, but uh, so I think that Sam, we have to look at him as this character that, um, you know, he may not change or grow that much, although I would argue that he does because he learns, I mean, he has a very, very narrow view of the world um, because of being, you know, a servant and probably didn't have a lot of opportunities to read about elves and stuff. And then he, you know, he suddenly is thrown into this huge, huge um, world-changing event. Um, but um, and yes, he loses his pony, Bill. He has to say goodbye to Bill. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, I I think my point, sorry, I interrupted myself in the middle of a sentence and now I don't remember the end of the sentence. I think I think Sam is meant to show us he's an attainable what I wrote this down. He is he has an attainable kind of heroism because most of us are never gonna be Aragorn. None of us are ever gonna be Gandalf because we don't have his powers. Most of us are never gonna be the king of a of a entire civilization like Aragorn, you know. But most of us will be in situations where we can be a faithful friend. This is gonna make me cry. Um, because um we we have these little choices that we get to make every day about whether we're going to um support our friends, even if they're starting to act crazy because of you know an addiction like Frodo is essentially addicted to the ring or, or, you know, whether we're in a difficult situation and we're running out of Lembus bread, you know, um, we, we get to make those decisions. And I, I just love it when in the end, Sam chooses to literally carry Frodo. I think there's so much beautiful symbolism there. So anyway, I, I've ever since I first read those books, I have said to myself, I want to be a friend like Sam. And I hope, I hope that I have had opportunities to do that throughout my life. Okay, I'm done. You talk. <laughs> right. So when you look at Samwise, he is he, he's a gardener. The other three hobbits who go on the journey, um, and even Bilbo, uh, all have uh, took blood in them, which is you know that, that adventuring hobbit blood. Um, 
with the fact that, you know, whether that's the blood itself or just their attitudes towards life, you know, they're kind of all considered a little bit almost odd for hobbits. So the fact that they go on an adventure is shocking, but not completely so. But then you have Samwise, who is a gardener. Yeah. He's not a cook. He's not a fool. And he's got this old gaffer, his dad, who's always talking about, like, you know, how people outside of the Shire are, or even people from different parts of the Shire are, like, you know, just odd. Yeah. And yet he still goes on this journey this is, that ends up being an adventure because of his, his desire to be a loyal friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, right. I think Sam, more than any other character in Lord of the Rings, and there are a lot of characters who would fit this description, but I think he he shows us, like, we could be that kind of person. We could be that kind of hero. Um, and I think that's really important. So there you go. He's got some really great lines, too, but we won't we won't go into all that right now. But um, Even yeah. what you're not thinking of right now. What? What? Are, what? I ain't dropping those. I ain't dropping a weep, sir. Yeah, that was a good one. Or, but I was thinking more of like at the end I, when he looks up and he sees that star in the sky above Mordor. Uh, I should have looked that up before we started recording because if I try it, I'm going to get it wrong. But anyway, I can post it in the show notes. Okay. All right. Well, I, I mean, I've cried, so I think we're done for, <laughs> for the day. I don't, um, I mean, there's so much more we could say about Lord of the Rings, but I think what I really wanted you guys to see was, um, our, our passion, um, and, uh, just how much we love this. And if you've never been interested in Lord of the Rings before, then I think that I hope we gave you just a tiny little taste. This is not just for like, you know, nerds who play D and D every weekend. This is for, I mean, so many people that I know for it's for everybody. It really is. All right, so thank you guys for listening to our episode, and we would love to hear who your favorite Lord of the Rings characters are, or, you know, if and you why. have, and why, yeah, for sure. And I mean, and, and oh, you know what I'd really love to hear? If you never read the books or watched the movies or, or known anything about Lord of the Rings, I mean, you can't help. I, I know, I've known people who um, had never seen Lord of the Rings, but they still, like, knew about it through memes. Like, because there's so many Gollum memes out there and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's absolutely a part of our cultural vernacular but anyway my point was if you have never you know consumed the story of lord of the rings before and you do because of this episode tell us what you think and if you don't like lord of the rings you know you're allowed to comment as well tell us why because i know a few very intelligent people who don't like lord of the rings tell us why but you know don't be a jerk about it um but yeah we we would love to talk with you more about it and if you have an idea about like a more specific lord of the rings episode that we should do sometime like one all about hobbits or you know something like that then then let us know in the comments so jordan thanks for being with me on this episode again you're welcome you have anything else you want to say okay thank you guys for listening we'll see you next or we won't see you you'll hear us next time goodbye bye